Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back to Gyro Nation Metal as we continue the countdown to the Loudest Hell Festival in Drumheller, Alberta from July 29th to 31st. Canadian thrash metal band Crimson Caliber joins the lineup on the 28th during the kickoff celebration of the festival. Crimson Caliber hails from Medicine Hat, Alberta and released their first full-length album, Covenant Tyrannus, in 2021. Later this year, they will be releasing their sophomore album, Destined for Delusion. Today, I am joined by Amber and Travis Malley. Travis is the band's vocalist and one of their guitarists, and Amber is the group's bassist. Amber, Travis, thank you both for joining me today. It's awesome, yeah, no Jeff. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us. For all the listeners, we had a little bit of a snafu the other day, and uh, it's it's been a little bit of a gong show getting this to work, but <laughs> it's working, so I'm happy. <laughs> we made it. So the other day when we were chatting, we were talking about the Alternative Waves Festival taking place in June here in Medicine Hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys played the festival before? Yes, we have. Yep. Okay. Uh, 2019, I 19, do believe it yep, was. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and that was the same year that uh, you guys played um, Loud as Hell, wasn't it? That's correct. correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what was the, the Alternative Waves fest- Festival like? It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Like we mentioned the other day, uh, the lineup's pretty diverse. So it's not just like strictly metal or anything like that. Yeah, like metal, uh, rap, DJs. There's some punk. There's yeah. some, you know, like country. Some good rock bands. Uh, there's some hip hop artists like Amber mentioned. Yeah. It's just a whole, just a smorgasbord of awesome talent that uh, a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, where they do it, it's like the mainliner, and I think in 2019 they had the mainliner and the Corona. So one was an outside uh, stage, and the other one was an inside stage, and they're yeah. like right behind each other, so you could like walk from the stage and go inside to the Corona and watch the other stage. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. At least you wouldn't have to miss a full set then. Exactly right. And one of the stages was outdoor. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Nice. And then your experience with Loud as Hell, um, were both the stage, or sorry, was the only stage outdoor or did they have an indoor venue? How did that work? Yeah, that year they still had it inside. Um, it's mm-hmm. all open air now. But uh, back then, 2019 and previous years, it was, uh, it was inside that big kind of like little warehouse. Well, not little, it's a big warehouse building. And yeah, so that's where we played for, uh, for our Loud as Hell mm-hmm. appearance 2019. Yeah, we what like, was the crowd like with we all those different into the audience. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. It was wild. The crowd oh, no, that's was awesome. Okay. Yeah, we threw a swan into the audience and it was like flying yeah. around and it like went up into the rafters and stuff. And like one guy got taken out. And people were just people, batting people, this yeah, inflatable swan around. <laughs> and like we put a shirt on it. Yeah. So like whoever ended up with the swan at the end of the, sh- at the, end of the set got to keep the shirt. Yeah. It nice. was crazy. The swan actually took out my mic stand. Yeah. I like had to, I saw it coming. I took a step back. Boom! Mic stand went, and yeah. one of the sound guys came over, and fixed it for me. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, it was wild. I didn't see it coming. Who knows? It would have hit me in the face. <laughs> That's a really good way to engage the audience too, and yeah. have a bit of fun while you're doing it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was crazy just to like be up there playing and just we're watching this swan fucking <laughs> go around everywhere, you know? Yeah. I'd be too distracted. I'd probably stop playing and just be like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, that's right. Cool. <laughs> I was just headbanging the whole time. <laughs> uh, did you guys notice the difference in like the crowds because of all the different genres at the Alternative Waves Festival? Yeah. I mean, there's a diverse crowd. There's, you know, there's a bunch of different type of people and some people are there for the metal. Some people are there for the punk and or the rap. Or the rap. And mm-hmm. 
I'd like to converse with everybody. Yeah, yeah totally. Did you I notice thought... that a lot of people watched like most sets or did you notice like kind of an ebb and flow in popularity? Well, I, fe- I what I felt was like, you know, if they stayed for, let's say, a hip hop set and a band was coming on afterwards, nine times out of ten, they'd stay there and like try and like yeah. listen to it to see if they liked it. And if they liked it, they'd stay. Some of them would leave, obviously, if you see what it's all about. Into it. But yeah, a lot of people would just kind of like linger and check it out. Especially if it's a medicine hat, if it's a homegrown talent, I feel yeah. like the locals are maybe a little more interested to give him a chance what's this all about sort of thing mm-hmm. and we've got some great talent coming out of the hat right now oh, yeah. so it's it's exciting there's a lot of good hip-hop artists too yeah, trav and yeah, i really like our hip-hop we have our own hip-hop project that we do that's interesting tell me mm-hmm. a bit more about that yeah, it's called the death syndicate yep. we're just on soundcloud right now yeah we got a bunch of songs up yeah. on our soundcloud yeah and we do it all ourselves just yeah. amber and i um okay. Like we like to acquire free beats and then she does some singing and I do some rapping over them or yeah. uh, whatever we're feeling like that day. There's really no rules on this project yeah. other than it's just a passion project, something that we enjoy doing on the side when maybe we're not, uh, maybe we need a little break from just headbanging yeah. every day, all day. We we switch to this and have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. Like we're really big fans of like Mac Miller, like Capital D from Calgary. Yeah. I like Chris Webby. Chris Webby. Really good. A lot of good, like boom a lot of hip hop coming yeah. out these days. Normally, when you think of Medicine Hat, you don't really think of music, let alone hip hop. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What What do you think of? <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's Gas City, right? So it's yeah. it's quite old. Um, I have some family down there too. So for me, I just think family, and it's and right, right. traditionally for me, it was a really boring car ride back yeah. to, to Calgary yeah. here. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I always enjoy it there. Like, I, I like the land formations. Um, the nightlife wasn't so bad for a small for a smaller city but i noticed that there was a lot of military there as well yeah, yeah the base just uh just a few kilometers yeah. north of medicine hat we got the suffield cfb yeah. military base we're actually called the grass city now though i don't i don't know if you heard that no that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> we have the most pot stores like per capita like i swear it's like liquor stores we almost have a pot store like on every block it seems like some it's of them have like three like, yeah, it's and they just keep popping up too. Yeah. Like we get new ones. I I'm surprised there's enough people around here that smoke pot yeah. to keep all these stores open. <laughs> a lot of stoners here apparently. It's not yeah. the number of people; it's how much pot they smoke. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good places to just smoke a joint and go walking down there. Oh, there's That's so many. Right. Like we like to go down to Police Point and it's a little nature reserve. Yeah, there's like right along the river. Like there's a lot of paths along the river that you can just walk for like hours. Just yeah, straight down yep. the river. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, bring a couple doobies of our own. Yeah, <laughs> we were actually thinking about going for a nature yeah, walk today. later. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> what they need to do is have those like little pop up ven- not venues, but little pop up stands like along the river, just like a guy selling a joint yeah. here and there. Right, and then... that'd be sweet. Or, or a like beer. an ice cream. Beer. Sell me a beer and like a like a biodegradable cup or something. Fuck, I'd yeah. be all about it. Yeah. Every like business opportunity, know. guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't, I'm taking notes right here the on the side. But I want to do. You, do you ever remember those Dicky D's where they'd ride around on a bike and sell, sell ice, ice cream, cream out of yeah. the cooler? <laughs> like that, but with beer. Yeah, like I don't remember the bikes, but I do remember the, like the three uh, the three wheeled carts that they had. That there was yeah. one person that could fit in it. Yeah, <laughs> they have those at the golf cart, yeah, the golf course. Rather, golf course, they yeah. ride around, and sell beers to the yeah. golfers. 
that's a great idea. They're going to be there all day. You're going to make some money off of that for sure. That's I'll right. Make some money, get really drunk. If it was me, I'd have some CDs too. You guys like metal? <laughs> <laughs> Check out my band. <laughs> so speaking of local shows, you guys also played in Medicine Hat a while back with uh, Anvil and WMD. So oh, what was yeah. your experience like playing with them? It was, was honestly, it was a roller coaster because we actually had to, like, we won a battle of the bands in order to get that slot. Mm-hmm. So we okay. We beat out a couple of our friends' bands, and so that was actually two shows, that whole extravaganza, and then meeting Anvil, like meeting Lips and Rob Reiner. Yeah. And... We smoked a lot of weed with Rob, yeah. like Rob and, and their like, uh, people that come with them, really solid. It was solid. awesome. Like They'd never seen golfers before. Like, like so they we were have, taking so, like, pictures. They're taking videos of the golfers <laughs> coming in and out of their holes, and like yeah. we're just sitting there like, what the fuck are you guys doing, right? But... <laughs> no, like they hung out we hung out with them for like five six hours before, before the, the show, show yeah yeah nice. like and the show itself was everything that you can expect we packed the, the place for anvil and yeah. like even when they were playing like in between songs we were cheering so loud that like they had to just like take a break for a couple minutes because it was just non-stop cheering like <laughs> lips even said he's like like i don't know what to say we're <laughs> we're surprised we're shocked right now we've never had this happen at such a small venue right yeah and yeah, so I'd like to think it was a memorable show for them too. Yeah. For them to just stop in a smaller city instead of like, you know, the stereotypical Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's pretty cool to see that they're, they're willing to do smaller intimate shows, of course, being, mm-hmm. you know, in the music business for so long. Yeah, that's right. Pound the pavement, just like one of their songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys said you won the battle of the bands. Um, what was that like? How many yeah. how many bands did you have to go up against and how and oh, how did somebody so judge was, something uh, like that? There was Aim for Theo. Uh, Nuclear Nuclear Oath. Oath. Yeah. Wasn't um Tarot. Tarot. Yeah. And I think there was one other band. So like the voting system was like ev- all the band members from each band actually voted, and that's how we decided who won it. Yeah. And because the only reason we won is because a bunch of our friends in some of the other bands actually voted for us instead, because yeah. they're like, "This is like your style suits this show more," sort of thing. And so yeah, kudos to those yeah. guys for for helping us out. Yeah, because the way that it worked is if, like, you wanted to vote, you would have to be there at the end of the night. And yeah, there, was a, the there was a lot of people, like, fluctuating throughout the evening that said, like, you know, I got another party to go to. If I could vote now, I would, but I'm not going to be here at the end of the evening. So, sorry, see you later kind of thing. But, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> we won, so. We won. All that matters. <laughs> I've been to a couple shows in, like, in smaller cities um, and towns. So, like... Uh, a little while ago, I th- 2017 or 2018, I think, I went to Fort Mac and I saw like Slayer, Lamb of God and Behemoth. And then Judas Priest also played Lethbridge, nice. I think the same year. Can you guys recall any other bigger artists that have come to Medicine Hat or somewhere around that? Uh, well, around the, that the last concert that we went to was Offspring, Offspring and Sum 41 and... here in the Hat. And that was actually their only, sh- that was Offspring's only show in Alberta on that tour. Yeah. So. They only we actually had one other Canadian stop, which was Toronto. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So out of all their some 41s, like Canadian dates, they were only on two. I have another one too. We went and saw uh, Anthrax, Slayer, and Death Angel in Lethbridge yeah, back in cool. 2016. Yeah. So that was another, like, that package in Lethbridge, yeah. you can't go wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what why artists choose to go to smaller cities, and especially when there aren't many stops. 
Well, you got to give kudos to those promoters that are that are getting them here too, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not just coming here on their own by their own choice, right? No. We got we have good promoters in our small cities yeah. and and I think paying them what they want and, and bringing yeah. them out. So. And I think when they were like, okay, if we do a medicine hat stop, um, everybody from like Calgary, Lethbridge, yeah. and all of them are going to come in and help like That's right. draw some money into the co-op place, which was at the time it's, was Canalta Center. Yes. So <laughs> like that building, I feel needs to generate more money, so they need to do more shows. And yeah. that was kind of like their step into it. Then pandemic. Yeah, that was. Yeah. for the shutdown yeah i mean it makes sense like for a big band like that uh, you're gonna have people traveling like you said another one that i was kind of confused about was ed kowalczyk from the band live he did like um like an acoustic tour but he stopped in dawson creek which hmm. i thought was interesting because i'd never seen another i've never even heard of another concert going there no that's weird i uh, don't think i've ever heard anything going on in dawson creek i've never been there I legit thought it was just a TV show back in the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about uh, Loud as Hell for you guys in 2019 there. And uh, have you guys ever gone just to enjoy the show? Yeah, I went the year before. Um, so I went 2018 just as a guest and we played 2019. 2019 was fun. Yeah, we went uh, just this past year yeah. again, just as guests. Yeah, last year, twenty one. Had an absolute blast. Yeah, so much fun. It's a lot of fun. Last year We're was gonna be really going hot. Oh, it was hot. It was so hot, like it was like plus forty almost the entire time we were there. Whereas in two thousand nineteen, I would say it was slightly cooler. Yeah, it was a little cooler. It was nice. Yeah. Like I thought it was gonna be Actually, like it that every year. A then. couple. Lights that year and yeah, it rained a bit yeah. we and didn't honestly, get much rain last time the the camp parties are the best like yeah. walking around and just like mingling just, with everybody yeah. who's just up and like somebody's having a fire so you're like hey you just walk from camp to camp yeah. and you meet bands all over the place and like fuck it's just a blast i yeah. actually did a little like three-part uh little mini video series on youtube that like documented our preparations mm-hmm. and then us actually playing the show and like all the camp shenanigans yeah. and stuff like that. Like one one <laughs> camp, funny. one band brought like a U-Haul and had like a whole like couches like lounge yeah. area. In I was the back just sitting of it. in couches yeah. in this U-Haul. It was weird. <laughs> a ping pong table outside the U-Haul. Yeah. That's sweet. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I like the people who make mo- the most of it because there's nothing around there, so you have to bring everything you want. Right, and like yeah. you can, you can go into town like. We've gone into town. As long as you make sure you park in a spot that you can easily you get, can get out, out once everybody's like packed in, because if you park all the way in the back, you're now stuck in and hopefully somebody's There's going into town that can take you with you. them. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you can go into town because like there's no ATM out there. Yeah. Um, the one food truck last year did have like debit. So like you could pay for your food, like with the Apple touch or whatever. But the bar like debit stopped working, so then oh, they yeah, were only taking cash. So usually it's better to just have cash out there. Yeah, bring cash just in yeah. case their debit system is on the fritz again. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for that tip. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come prepared. Yeah. Bring lots of sunscreen and maybe oh, a yeah. hat too. <laughs> this year I'm bringing like. It's like a shower bag because they have this. I bring uh, some shoes this time. <laughs> yeah, I forgot my shoes last year. <laughs> and I was walking around in sandals. Oh, my feet. But they have like, it's like a little well uh, spigot 
out there that just like pumps out cold well water you can't drink it but like it's so refreshing so like the shower bag i'm gonna bring so i can fill it up and when we get hot we can like spray ourselves down (laughs) i want to bring like a little kiddie pool and just fill it up with cold water from that spigot yeah and then start to overheat just jump in there yeah you just got to bring that to the sets then yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sit in the back row with a little kiddie pool. Just right, just beer. chill. <laughs> <laughs> or we should bring our own tent just to put the kiddie pool in that tent. Ah, uh, see, smart. Yeah. <laughs> now we're thinking. I like this. Right. <laughs> what are some of the biggest differences that you guys have seen um, since like 2018 at Loud as Hell? Well, I mean, just more people, honestly. it's uh, The festival's grown quite a bit since then. And uh, I would also say quality of bands seems to just get better and better every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, last year, like, so when we played in 2019, like, Goat Horror was, like, yeah, the, was headliner the headliner of the festival, which was, like, that was so wicked. But uh, last year they did, was it a full Canadian lineup? Yes. And, like, that was yeah. really good. And especially, like, with the pandemic, a lot of other Canadian festivals were not happening last year so i think that really benefited a lot of people who maybe have never decided to go to loud as hell decided to go because yeah. it's like oh they're the only metal festival this summer yeah so we need to go and hopefully they've seen how awesome it is that they go and buy a ticket for this year and go again because honestly it is a great great time oh it's a blast it's what i look forward to all year something else i like that about it is that they moved away from bringing bands in from other countries like now it's solely yeah. Canadian, at least from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. This year again is all Canadian. All Canadian, yeah. Have you been to the festival before? I haven't actually. So this will be my first uh, outing, and so I'm oh, pretty excited. So much fun. Yeah, we'll have to see you there and have a drink. If, yeah. If uh, if that's your thing. Definitely. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be making my rounds. Uh, like I've told a couple other guests, like I'm just going by myself. So I thought the best oh, way nice. to kind of get involved is to meet some of the people that are going to be playing and mm-hmm. learn about them a little bit before I hear their music. Well, hear their music live at least. Yeah, no, that's smart. Yeah, no, that's smart. Yeah, you'll find us. We usually have our Crimson Caliber yeah. banner on our vehicle. Camp Caliber. Camp Caliber. I put it nice. over my windshield kind of yeah. like a like a sunscreen. Yeah. Just, and yeah. Yeah, we're easy to find. We're usually along the back where the horses are. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have to do my rounds and kind of figure out where everybody is. It's it's a huge mm-hmm. area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's quite big. You have Tent City, which is like over in like the dirt area, <laughs> and then we can't kind of like where the RVs and stuff. Yeah, there's like a dirt road that goes right yeah. down the center, and we're always yeah. to the left yeah. of the dirt road. Yeah, so there's like two hills yeah. on either side, so we we camp in like the grass. Like it's a pretty good grassy area. Yeah, and then to the right is like. There's some space for camping and then there's like the actual speedway yeah. and mm. you're not allowed to go over there. So it's, yeah, yeah that's kind of it. You got the left of the, of the dirt road and then the right and mm-hmm. it's just camping everywhere. And then you walk up the dirt road to get to the, the venue, <laughs> the show. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's big. And it's not complicated. Another like tip to the friendly is what, while you're there, don't use the porta potties that are on the road. Use the ones that are like in the <laughs> campground. The ones on the road are yeah. disgusting. Just go by smell. Fair Just enough. don't go in there at all. <laughs> what makes it worse is that it's sitting in the sun for hours and days on end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm surprised people still go in there and use it. Like, I'm just like, what the hell's. Yeah. 
Hard times call for hard decisions, right? <laughs> well, there's a bathroom that's like actually in the venue. But Hopefully now, they have that open. I don't know. Well, I don't know because last year you had to be like VIP to oh, go back yeah. there. Oh, we'll have that's our, where all the bands. And we'll stuff be VIP, are. so we'll yeah. be able to use the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> the perks. I'll take advantage. <laughs> so you guys have also played the Metalocalyptic Fest in 2018 and 2019. So can you tell me yeah. a bit more about that festival? Oh, that was a lot of fun. It's a long drive. That is from... 15 and a half hours. <laughs> from it's a bit of a jaunt to Lone Beach. Because that's in BC, right? It yeah, is, it's yeah. pretty close okay. to like Vancouver and stuff, actually. Yeah, like if you go another two hours, you'd be in yeah. Vancouver. It's like an hour and a half to two hours away from Vancouver. Yeah. So Okay. Or yeah, at least from taking the ferry to Vancouver. Honestly, it's a lot of fun to drive there because you're like whipping through the oh, mountains man. a lot and up and down. And For us Alberta yeah. drivers, it's like all the hills you know yeah and the bc drivers are behind you they're like fucking hurry the fuck up i'm tired of going 80. yeah i'm like this isn't 80. <laughs> yeah so they have the festival is that like their city hall i think is what oh, it's it like is. a little community yeah hall. community hall yeah. at lone view small it's like on the outskirt nice thing though is like if you need beer like that you could walk right to the convenience store it's like a five minute walk and you can walk right back nice good good amount of camping like there was yeah. quite a few people there it's the beautiful like years. there's mountains all around oh you. yeah you're in this tiny little mountain community yeah and like she said you just walk on this road for five minutes yeah. and get beer there's like this one hike yeah. you can take i think it's like a 25 minute walk all the way but there's like you can walk to the volcano plug that oh, yeah. actually has That's it right. plugged up because just, that is on top oh, cool. of volcano actually yeah yeah and doing it two years in a row like yeah it was wild and yeah like, they're not doing the festival at at this particular yeah. moment so like, i hope they're i hope they're back eventually because hmm. it's like kaya and like sylvain from anarchion yeah that uh and like i don't i'm not sure who like all the other background people are but they're like the ones that put it all together and it's to help support women in metal so like all the bands that it's play have metal. uh female members in their cool. band yeah yeah that's how we were and able so to doing it this year I'm not sure. Don't know. She's so busy with all of her other yeah. projects. Because she's also on. doing like a mutant uh, work wax or something mutant like that. Mutant wax work. Yeah, which is like her new like hip hop hip hop project. Project. So her and her yeah. friend are working on that right now. So they're busy with that. Anarchion is really busy yeah. with like producing new music and. and she's, I think she's very busy. busy. Yeah. Who knows? Hopefully they'll be back next year. Yeah. Maybe crossed. because like in BC too, like the whole restrictions and everything oh, yeah. is a little That's more. Right. Oh um, yeah. Able than what was going on in Alberta, right? Like Jason Kenny was like, hey, we're just done with it. And everybody else. I don't know else what the was... mask mandates are like in BC right, right. now. So, who or knows? even like if their bars are even allowed to be open late or I like think they're anything. still wearing masks in, in indoors now. I think. Oh, really? I don't know. I haven't been to BC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been anywhere since before the pandemic, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. We went to Loud as Hell and that was, that was pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> For two years. That's not a bad way to uh to start like a long absence from shows. You get a yeah. wicked festival and then they're like, all right, that's good enough for now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was crazy. Like we were in the middle of a pandemic and I was moshing with like a hundred other people. It was, yeah. it was just wild. <laughs> I was just happy that I was double vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> so with the meta lockalipstick, I, I have a rough time saying that, but I like it. So yeah. Uh, as you guys pointed out, it's kind of in support of women in metal. Um, why do you think a festival like that is important? 
Well, I, I think, um, like, you think Canadian metal and a lot of it is driven by men, right? It's male dominant scene, unfortunately, but also fortunately because the females that get to partake in it get to see, you know, a better way for men to treat women is the best way I can explain it, right? Like they're more, they're more open, they're more accepting and that type of stuff, right? Like it's changing for the better. I think um, Kaya's main thing was there's not a lot of festivals that really showcase women in metal. So like usually a band that has a female member might be like out of a 10 band lineup, there might be two. You know, like, and, and it's mainly always, like, so. female-fronted, whereas, like, you know, you don't really see the female bass players or the female, like, guitar mm-hmm. players and stuff like that, right? So I think she just wanted to showcase just how much good underground Canadian metal there really is that have more mm-hmm. than just, you know, maybe a female yeah. singer um, and more than just the male-dominant bands. I've never been supportive of, like, picking somebody specifically because of their gender or their race or like an identifying quality. It's more or less like, how good are you? Um, what are your skills like? However, what I would argue is that women have like a different skill set, but they also bring different tones and different types of strategies to music that may not be seen with men. Right. Absolutely. Especially like in their vocal tones. Mm-hmm. I would even argue that some of the most exciting musicians in the metal scene right now are in fact women and you know i don't like to use the term female fronted because i think that's just a cop out it doesn't like you just said it doesn't matter what your gender is right Mm -hmm. but some of the female singers that are out there are really pushing the boundaries of you know what can be done by a metal singer and like i haven't seen singers like say for example britney slays from unleash the archers like she's channeling like bruce dickinson and stuff like that i just Mm -hmm. feel like we haven't seen singers like that come around in, you know, a few decades. So mm-hmm. like the women have been bringing it and it's awesome. And yeah, Kaya's got this festival and it helps grow that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic thing. And uh, I think Nervosa actually played the first year yeah, uh, of Metalock Lipstick. Yeah. So that's a fun little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. yeah. Nervosa, if you've never heard of them, is a really good like three piece female death. Actually, are they four? Death Thrash. Yeah, Death Thrash. They're I think really, they do have four now. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. really good, really good. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think a another... lot of... Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I said I think a lot, uh, a lot now, like, more women are joining the metal scene because they do, like, it is more open. It's not like back in the day where, like, you know, you got picked on because you're a girl at a metal show or like, oh, you're wearing a metal band. Do you even know a song? Blah, blah, oh, yeah. blah, Name five stuff, songs. Right? Yeah. So like. <laughs> Fucking elitists. We're, we're becoming more of like equals within the scene. Whereas like before we weren't seen that way. So it's, it's nice to see that society is progressing, progressing, progressing in the right way. Oh, shit. I just lost my train of thought. Anyways, um, what I was going to say is I think there is also a benefit to have something like this, partly for the reasons you were stating, but also because it's like less daunting, less intimidating, and mm-hmm. partly because so many things have been done before. Like we've seen metal bands for decades with mostly men. So to have something different is more memorable, even if it's not necessarily mm-hmm. something that makes them better mm-hmm. in any way. Right. Absolutely. So you guys already mentioned like a couple different um, 
metal bands with like female members uh some of the ones that i really enjoy that come to mind are like spirit box uh crypta infected rain hyperia venom prison a couple more like Accuvel, into eternity agonist um and afenemer afenemer i always fuck that one up too who are some other metal bands with female members that you guys whether it's local or not that you feel deserve more attention have you ever heard of frantic amber oh yeah no. So they're pretty much an all-female lineup except for their drummer, the drummer, and they're really, really, really crazy death death metal. Like they're so freaking good. Yeah, yeah it's melodic death yeah. metal. I would say. Um, there's once human is a really good. Yeah, um, human, yeah. What would you even call them? Like uh, progressive death metal, progressive death metal. Yeah, so, uh, she actually did a song with Rob Flynn. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's from Machine, Machine Head. Head. Yeah. And violence really as well back in the yeah, day. Yeah. If you go back that far. Yeah. <laughs> Once human, uh Eluvitae. Yeah, L V T however you say it. But I don't think they need any more attention. I think they're <laughs> I think they're doing just fine. <laughs> and Archeon, I yeah, think Cosm. Cosm's really oh, good. Cosm. They're from Vancouver. How about Juliet Ruin from Juliet Ruin. Edmonton? They, they really, deserve some really shine. Good, yeah. I actually like I have their song all songs all over my Spotify, so like a lot of the time it's just like one of their songs come on. Oh, they're they're a jam for oh, sure. Yeah. Um, we actually played with Hyperia too. They're yeah. they're they're friends of ours. Ophelia Super Falling. Talented. Ophelia they put on a Wicked show. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's... yeah. I just saw Hyperia with their um, album release party, and they have some fucking energy, man. I did not. Oh, yeah. I did they, not expect it. Like I expected it to be good, but then I didn't. I didn't expect the uh, reaction from the audience. Like they were engaged the entire way through. It yeah. Was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're really, yeah. really, really awesome. Good thrash. People. Yeah, good thrash. Yeah, so going back cool. into your guys' uh, musical backgrounds, when did you start learning your respective instruments? I got my first guitar when I was 14 or 15. I traded a bag of weed for a BC Rich <laughs> Carrie King V. <laughs> and I actually held on to that guitar up until last year. I found, I let it go for 100 bucks. So I made 50 bucks on that guitar. I, uh, I, on the other hand, like I had a guitar when I was younger, but I didn't really play it. I was more like, I did choir for like quite a few years. And then, um, like when I met Trav, he was DJing. So like I did the whole DJ thing there for a while and it was about, I want to say almost six years ago yeah. when I decided that I was just going to buy a bass. Cause I've been like, Oh, I want to buy a bass. I want to learn how to play bass, blah, 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 blah. So finally did it. So Trav and I wrote a song together and we were like, oh, we need a drummer. We need to jam out. So we had our like old buddy, Sean, uh, jam out with us. So he was our drummer there for a while. So that went really well. And then, yeah, we just decided to go full force on the band thing. And so before we decided to play a live show, we wanted to get an out, like an EP recorded and have like CDs yeah. and stuff. So we actually did all that first before we played our first show. Yeah. Yeah. So like honestly, like I don't really I I can't read like sheet music or anything. I can learn by tabs, but like Trav usually learns the song and then teaches it to me on like and then I learn it on the bass. Like I try and convert what he's doing onto the bass. And was there anything specific that uh, drove you guys to choose your instruments, like the bass for you, uh, Amber, and then Travis the guitar? Well, I didn't want to play guitar because it's like, it's a lot, not that it's more complicated. It's just, I felt that having a wider um, frets and like making things maybe slightly more simplified 
was easier for me. Um, plus, I've never played bass. Like, I've played acoustic on and off, like, throughout my life. But I wanted to play something different. Bass yeah. just seemed to be the key. I think one of the main reasons for Amber is we needed a bass player. Um, for me, I originally, like, dating back to the my very early days of wanting to be in a band. I saw myself as the lead singer, which in fact I am with Crimson Caliber. Um, so I learned how to play guitar because we already had a singer in my first band. So I okay. was kind of shoehorned into the guitar role. Uh, but that actually ended up being beneficial because I learned my instrument. And now here I am, a rhythm guitarist, songwriter, and also lead vocalist with this band. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of took me down a path, and here I am. And so did you notice there was, a, like, a step up in difficulty when you were playing guitar and, and singing at the same time versus just playing right. guitar? Yeah, like, we auditioned a few singers for Crimson Caliber because, <coughs> you know, I'm stubborn, and I wanted to just play guitar at the start. <laughs> um, and Amber and our drummer at the time just kept telling me, like, you know, you should just do it. You've got the voice and all this sort of stuff, just yeah. encouraging me. And uh, reluctantly, I gave it a try. And uh, I can admit the first few practices, me trying to play and sing at the same time was a little rough. <laughs> it's only gotten better from there. <laughs> yeah, like, and we write the songs in a specific way <laughs> to allow me to maybe focus on the vocals a little bit more. Like, I'm not shredding in the middle of a verse sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And fair enough. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we decided, we decided to add in a lead guitar player. And that's when Crucial kind of like joined the yeah. band is when we decided like it would be nice to have like some Two of that guitars. maybe like going on while Travis have like some, able to get me like, some help <laughs> sing and stuff. Right. And like he doesn't have to worry so much about like doing I was, everything. Yeah. In our first EP there, <laughs> I was doing lead vocals, rhythm guitar and all the leads mm -hmm. and solos. So I had my plate mm. pretty full in the early days when we were just a three-piece. Mm -hmm. Well, and then in, in the absence of another guitarist, I mean, any mistake that you make is going to be so much more obvious yeah. to at, at least you guys, but some of the audience members. Right. Absolutely. It's amplified when there's only when there's only one guitar, mm -hmm. for sure. Partly because everybody's paying attention to you, whereas mm -hmm. if there's more members, there's more uh, distribution of, like, I don't want to say skill, but, like, instrument, at least there's more to pay attention to. 100%, yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. What is it about thrash specifically that draws you guys in? Everything. The attitude, the feel, <laughs> the like, it could be Aggression, like, straight the violence. Up, like, just fuck you or just like, let's party, right? Like, it's just yeah, like, I mean, it's so chaotic that it, it is just what life is chaotic. It's it such makes a diverse you genre too. so much different emotions. Like, when you're angry, you know, like you can listen to thrash when you're happy. You can listen to thrash when you're, you're sad. There's sad. a good thrash ballad out there somewhere. Hell for yeah. Fade to black. Yeah. Um, so obviously you guys have been fans of, of the genre since probably its inception. What are some trends that you've been seeing in thrash that you guys enjoy or alternatively that you don't? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, well, there's like, there's more, there's some of the newer thrash bands have more of that modern sound like Havoc and um, Warbringer. Warbringer. Uh, mm. I find some of the new uh, thrash bands too like to try and pay their respects to the old like Bay Area 
type thrash, which has its time and its place. I feel that, you know, it's 2022. It It's okay to use parts of the past, but like, it would be nice to just like, you know, let's create this new modern thrash and, and like keep this genre alive because, you know, as we get older, our idols get older and they start to die off or they stop touring. So like, you don't get to, you know, they're not going to be producing albums anymore or they're not going to be on the road anymore. So we need to be able to kind of, you know, let things progress and take the foot, like the key for yeah. them. And then like, well, I mean, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like with modern thrash metal, especially like if you're not trying new stuff, if you're not trying to forward the genre, then what are you doing? You're, you're playing, you're beating a dead horse. That's, you know, it's, it's been done before. It's been done before. You, there's no reinventing the wheel, obviously, no. but I feel like we like to call our sound extreme thrash metal. And, uh, you know, we like to kind of walk that line between death metal and thrash a little bit. And sometimes the vocals there's a little are bit of punk in there. Yeah, a little bit of punk and hardcore. And sometimes there's the, a little bit of like melodicity. Mm -hmm. The vocals are extreme. It's heavy, it's fast. And like, as Amber said, we're looking to progress the genre and not turn the clock back yeah i definitely agree with you there like uh beating a dead horse is not something that that's good for any genre of music which is why i think partly you see a lot of innovation like injecting different styles of music whether it be a different kind of metal or something like um jazz or even classical not necessarily in thrash i can't think of any bands that mix those genres well megadeth yeah maybe a little bit of jazz drumming from gar samuelson yeah megadeth, megadeth had a lot but, of like uh, jazz other than that like nothing really comes to mind no, no. So what other genres of music, uh, metal or not, are you guys interested in? Rap, uh, death metal. Um, I We like some alternative stuff. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of, like, Bright Eyes or, like, Connor Oberst. No. Uh, maybe Bright Eyes, but I haven't heard them. That's indie. It's really good stuff. It's, it's really chill stuff. Yeah. chill music. Okay. Um, I like some black metal. I saw Jimmy Borgir live at Behemoth. I think you were wearing a Behemoth shirt the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really yeah, I've seen like... them a few times live. They're they're pretty intense. I I, I love the showmanship. Yeah, you must have went to the Unholy Alliance tour then with Lamb of God, Slayer, Behemoth. Is that what that yeah. was? Okay. Yeah, cool. it was pretty cool. Um, and then my cousin actually accompanied me, and he's not a huge fan of Slayer. So while I was in the pit, he was just going and looking at some of the merch, and he ended up meeting Nurgle because um, he was oh, just sitting oh, at no the, way. the merch table. So he just chatted with him for the entire set. That's awesome. Sick. I'm jealous. But I was drunk out of my tree, so I thought I lost him in the mosh pit. I was looking around him, for, looking around for him for like half an hour. <laughs> yeah, Trav and I like a lot of like bass music too. Like we went, yeah. Trav went to Shambhala like eight or nine seven. years in a row. Oh, seven years. Seven straight years. I went two years in a row and that was a lot of fun. And yeah, we just like, you know, if it's good music and you can appreciate it for what it is, it doesn't matter what the genre is as long as you can relate to it. And there's a lot of different skill in so many different genres. You just have to take it uh, from a different perspective. Even music that you might not necessarily like or you think that is like pretty bad. The way I see it is like at least they went out of their comfort zone and they tried and they deserve, you know, props for that. And I always respect an artist, whether I like them or not, at least they went out and did it because it mm -hmm. takes yeah. a lot of guts to just put yourself out there like that. Yeah. And it's completely subjective. So you're going to have people that are obviously not interested in your work, um, but then you're going to have other people who absolutely love it. Yeah, exactly. 
Yep. Thankfully, we've had a few more of the people that I absolutely love it than the <laughs> extremely vocal minority that likes to send us messages. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point in that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This guy was like telling us yeah. we needed like more car accidents in our lives and that yeah, our music was shit. Honestly, it was disturbing. But we just turned the page on that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. People like that have no business sending those messages. Yeah. I mean, we've already touched on it. It's completely subjective. So if you don't yeah. like it, just keep moving. Yeah. yeah. There's something out there that you're going to like, like yeah. G.G. Allen or something. So fuck and, off. And yeah. if you don't like it, <laughs> you don't necessarily need to voice your opinion on it either. Yeah, just it go just listen to G.G. Allen and leave us alone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. So if you're coming out with, like, your first few songs, yeah, they might suck, but you're going to progress right. from there. Exactly. Absolutely. And Rome I think we have. Our first EP, totally. it was a little rough. So I think we've come a long way. And I'm a lot proud. of learning curves. A lot of learning yeah. curves. So looking back at your first EP, and now you guys are moving into um, releasing your second album, um, what are some of the biggest differences that you guys noticed within yourselves? Man, these are good questions. Yeah. Um, I feel more like... determination. And with the experience that we've gained, uh, we're better songwriters. Mm -hmm. We're better performers. Uh, we've met so many people and bands around the scene that have inspired us. And mm -hmm. they've put their hooks in, in us. And now they're influencing the music that we're writing. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like... It's insane how musicians borrow and blend from each other. And it's just, it's yeah. a fantastic community and I love being part of it. And going from like the first time we were in the studio, not really knowing what to expect what, to yeah. like now it's our fourth time in the studio. We're seasoned veterans now. <laughs> and the nice thing is like with our two newest members, they've not necessarily been able to go down this road before. So like we, we get to, um, you know, give them our knowledge and experiences from the past that we did wrong to make sure that you know right. they have a good time their first time experiences yeah. and they learn better and, and right like we help them it's it's great yeah. mm -hmm. and with these two members do you guys think that your your sound will change a little bit because you're bringing in different perspectives and different experiences oh 100 uh, just the way that austin shreds is quite a bit different from what crucial was doing yeah so but he cares so much about the sound that like he tries to write his solos and leads uh in a way that fits the, the group mm -hmm. and he's not trying to take over the songs yeah. nor is benny and they've both just been excellent contributors and yeah. great team members and it's just been all love yeah like benny actually did i don't know if you've seen it the, our music video we did for trigger hungry i have not Okay, so it was filmed in front of a green screen. Yeah. Um, our drummer, Benny, was actually the one that had done it. So, like, yeah, he, me and him took all him. the videos for it. And, like, he pieced it all together and, like, yeah. synced up the music and everything. Like, he did a really, really good job. Yeah, so shout out, Benny. Yeah. He's done a great job. Saved us quite a few hundred or thousands yeah, of dollars. Yeah, do-it-yourself <laughs> video. And yeah. It's been doing really well on YouTube. And yeah. I'm excited to do more because we gained a shitload of experience from this yeah definitely and every every hour that you spend on your instruments or on your music everything gets easier oh 100 now you're looking definitely. at your, your fourth did uh your fourth release so i mean you've got experience uh, mixing and mastering you've got experience with the band um as a whole and then everything mm -hmm. from artwork vocals lyrics everything yeah yep absolutely 
and we're making all of our scratch tracks here. Yeah. Yeah, we're producing all of our own scratch tracks here, just in the in our little home studio here. Before yeah. we go to uh, to see TJ Audio, who's uh, done mm -hmm. our last album and is doing this one. So yeah, we make all of our own scratch tracks and everything, which is a little bit of growth on our part too, because uh, you know in the past pre pro wasn't done ahead of time. I guess so. Yeah. We're we're learning. We're getting better. Yeah. <laughs> That's the important part: is just continue moving forward. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Speaking on lyrics, have you guys um, have you guys largely been writing on the same topics? Like it's listed here on the Metal Archives, which I go to a lot for some of my information. But anarchy, totalitarianism, war, post-apocalyptic, and dystopian topics. Are you guys staying within that realm, or are you planning on branching out with future releases? Yeah, I don't know who put that there, but I mean, it's it's pretty accurate so far. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that uh, we're gonna put ourselves in any type of box when it comes yeah. to lyrical like, content. We work. have a song that's about mental health. Which one was that? The one I wrote. Forsaken Disciples. Forsaken Disciples. Yeah. No, that one's about the forgotten <laughs> heroes. No, it was from our first album. I wrote it, but we changed the name. Oh yeah, Song of the Afterlife. No, not that one. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what one you're talking about then. We've got a lot of songs now. I originally wrote it about Alzheimer's. Uh, Deception. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. Deception okay. about mental health. Okay. Yeah. So basically just whatever you guys feel is kind of important at the time or, or relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, a lot of the time, it's just whatever is interesting me at that particular yeah. moment. Like um, we have a song called Incendiary Suicide. Yeah. And we wrote that based on true events. Um, this gentleman who was living a couple houses down from our jam space decided to take his own life. Um, he tampered with the gas lines and turned his oven on and went into his bed with like gas canisters beside it and like blew up his house. Yeah. Yeah. Holy so shit. that's yeah. an example right there of uh lyrical content that was inspired by true events yeah. and mm -hmm. we like we knew a guy that knew quite a bit about him so we yeah. asked him if it was okay to like pick his brain so that way we could write yeah before song. i wrote the lyrics i learned more about yeah. him and i learned a lot of stuff that was disturbing and it yeah it helped me i guess try to understand his perspective where he was at mentally when I wrote the song. We actually don't play that one no. anymore. We no. retired that one. Yeah. So RIP to the guy. Yeah. With that kind of research that you did, um, speaking with somebody close to him, where did what did you come up with? What kind of perspectives did he maybe have? Well, found out that he had a long history of being depressed and kind of mm -hmm. putting himself in situations where his life would be uh in danger i guess yeah. for lack of a better word like he was a plumber so he knew about you know like pipes and stuff like that and you know uh if i remember correctly he got in a little bit of a drinking and driving accident um that ended up killing his friend and oh, yeah, that's he right. did uh yeah. time in jail actually for that yeah so he had and... a lot of guilt from that from this manslaughter charge that he did time over and then i guess apparently days before it happened it was a big fight with his girlfriend and yeah just it's a super sad story yeah it is definitely like just to be in that mental state where you think the best way is way out is death 
and yeah. especially to go in such a horrendous way like that's yeah. that's a rough oh. place to be in oh yeah it, amber mentioned it was two doors down from our jam space but it wasn't just our jam space it was my mom's house actually yeah. so oh, like shit. um houses burned down all around and uh like it came so close to my mom's house that like the fire department was like was in the back alley soaking my mom's house with this fire retardant foam and everything yeah. mm -hmm. and like they saved her house but like her siding like melted down like yeah. it was all like gooping down her her plastic siding they said if there was even like a 10 kilometer wind that was, day that whole block would have been yeah dead. and it was there was no wind it yeah. was fucking dead like yeah. and thank fuck it was yeah because the one house beside our guitars, it, too, our gear was all in there. Yeah, they had, like, their kids were, like, sleeping upstairs. And so when the boom went off, like, and they seen the flames, they ran upstairs and grabbed their kids and out the house they went. And, and that the house side of their down. house burned down, yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. I couldn't even imagine waking up in the middle of the night to an explosion next door. It was in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, or it, was, the morning. Oh, it was, like, 10.30 in the morning. Yeah. Mm. I drove there. I yeah. couldn't even get close because fire trucks and they yeah. had all the like the hoses plugged into the fire yeah. hydrants everywhere like it was insane wasn't it your mom that called the call yeah my mom was the one that called 911 because they just they were they heard a boom yeah, and she looked smoke. out her window and saw like the back like the living room window like back sort of living room window kick out with the blast yeah yeah just insane that's absolutely nuts. I can't, <laughs> where do you go from there? Right. Right. Yeah. And something like that rarely happens as far as suicide goes. Um, with some personal experience of experiences I've had, it's never been violent. It's always been yeah. relatively, uh, quiet and <clears throat> decided at that moment, I guess, but yeah. to make it that kind of exit, like, Right. The that's, fact that that's a rough place to be in. Not not yeah. only are you taking yourself out, but like I said, like if those people were sleeping while their kids were sleeping, like he would have taken Could've people's hurt. lives out with him. Could have hurt many people. So mm -hmm. you know, mental health is a big thing and suicide is a big thing. It's good to talk about things like that. And if you are gonna do something like that, you know, like try Just not Just consider other people's lives yeah. first. I feel yeah. like that's yeah it's i don't have any personal experience with depression or suicidal ideations but it's it's one of those things that you do think about quite often but you don't you can't really comprehend how other people will react or what you're actually doing like you're in such a negative headspace that the only way out is death and it's it's like from what i understand it's like you're you're doing all you can to yeah. to complete it yeah yeah uh, a lot of the friends that i know that have you know they've taken their lives like you wouldn't even know anything was wrong with them. Like our, our buddy suffer in silence. Our our friend Dylan, um, he lived out in BC for a long time and he came and visited us at one of our shows of, I think it was the day before he actually killed himself or that night. So he came to our show and he, you know, he seemed happy. He was happy to see us. He's like, I can't believe you guys are in band. Like this is awesome. He told us how much he loved us and everything. And then the next day I got a message from my brother and he said that Dylan had killed himself. And, mm. That was you know, a shocker. Because, sure. like, he just, he was so happy. He just, like, you would have, you just would never have known. Yeah. And I think that's why it's increasingly important for people to talk with their, their friends, family, or, or other social networks just to, to make sure that, you know, people don't have to experience this kind of thing. 
people like yeah. our age and uh, I'm assuming Jeff you're probably close to like you know your 30s or you're in your 30s in yep. our generation so like we're the last of like when we were growing up you know like if you were a man you didn't cry you didn't talk about your feelings it was it was uh, like they didn't allow it like it was you were weak if you showed that type of emotion whereas now like I really wish that that generation would have been more accepting to that type of stuff because like now we're in a society we're trying to make it so that it's okay for you guys to talk about it. it's okay to talk about mental health but there's so many people that already have that drilled that into their brain that when they do talk about it they feel embarrassed or ashamed that they're even talking about it and I feel that our generation before us have really nailed that into them unfortunately and it's creating this situation of a lot of suicide depression especially in in the male community unfortunately talking about that kind of stuff regardless of what's going on in your life if you're depressed if you're anxious all the time it can be an awkward conversation so of course you, you might feel guilty you might feel weird talking about it but if if anybody wants to identify a problem and fix it you need to talk about it first Oh, 100%. So if you're doing a job and you're fucking up, people aren't just going to let you continue doing that. It's the same thing with your with your head, with your body. If something's right. wrong, bring it to the surface, fix it, and then you're better. Exactly. So I'm hoping like with our generation and generations ahead of coming behind us that we can get out of the stigmatism of, of this whole like BS that's behind what generations before us have done. Stigmatism or stigma? Stigma. <laughs> this is a stigmatism. <laughs> stigma. <laughs> I mean, we we can always see that changing. I mean, from something even as um, close to us as metal, like you just see the the lyrical content over over the years change, and now mental health is being brought to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And I feel like not only the band members use it for like a source of therapy, but it's also to help identify and and kind of work through things with their with their audience or their fans right when i was younger and i was going through some depression like listening to music that you, you know you could hear the artist like was experiencing things that you were currently going through and yeah. it, it yep. was nice to know that even though you were alone that you weren't alone it's like holy shit i'm not the only one that feels this way yeah. mm -hmm. that's a lifeline yeah it is 100 percent yeah, it's a great outlet to have. And when you can identify with what they're saying and the music itself, it's mm -hmm. it's wonderful. And it helps so many people through so many different moods, good or bad. Right. Um, moving back into music a little bit, um, a little bit of a departure from from suicide and things like that. Yeah. Um, so you guys are in a, in a smaller city. Um, for those listening who don't know, um, Medicine Hat is approximately 63,000 people only. Um, and we've chatted before a little bit about how small the, the metal scene is there. But can you guys think of any benefits of being a band in a smaller city? I mean, I guess when you come from a smaller city, um, when somebody comes, like a band wants to come to Medicine Hat, they're like, oh, you know, there's a couple handfuls of bands. They're well named. Mm -hmm. They go throughout the... Alberta metal scene or throughout the Canadian metal scene but in the same time it's kind of hard because then all these bands want to come play Medicine Hat but there is only a select few bands so you don't want to drown yourself in the just playing your local scene all the time so that it makes it harder to bring in outside bands because you want to spread it out that like you're not playing a show like every month 
You don't want to be mm -hmm. the house metal band that plays yeah, every if, show. If we accepted every time one of our friends from Calgary or Edmonton, for example, sent us a message and said, hey, we want to come through Medicine Hat on our tour and we want to play with you guys. If we said yes every time, we'd be playing fucking three, four times at the same bar every month. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, we like to think a lot about oversaturation and try not mm -hmm. to play every single show mm -hmm. like we did in the past that was mm -hmm. offered to us. Also, I guess a, a downfall of the same sense of being in a smaller town like Medicine Hat is like, you know, bands in Calgary, they get a lot of opportunities to play for yeah. these bigger Open bands the bigger that come through. Whereas, unfortunately, Medicine Hat, you know, bands like Unleash the Archers and stuff like that, they don't come through Medicine Hat. So we don't get those opportunities. Yeah, we got lucky with the Anvil to open up for mm -hmm. Anvil. That, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully more of that starts to happen, though, you know, yeah. um, just 63,000 ain't, ain't tiny, right? Yeah. No. Still a fair still a fair community that can support uh, a decent scene. So mm -hmm. I'd like to see some more bigger bands come through and maybe uh, if they're looking for a local opener, uh, that'd be sweet if they got in touch with us. Cause you know, I think we put on a good show and yeah, we're always looking for the opportunity like that. But mm -hmm. if it's playing every single time one of our friends wants to come down here and play the hat, it's not always beneficial for us. You guys are looking to release Destined for Delusion later this year. Uh, whereabouts are you guys with that? And what kind of, what can you talk about? Um, well, in the recording process, I believe we have four out of 10 songs done. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're taking it. I mean, the recording process has kind of slowed down a little bit over the last couple weeks here because we're all just so fucking busy. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, we're about halfway done. Yeah, like, this weekend we're going in and recording a couple songs. Um, so hopefully we can get two done so then we'd only have, like, four, yeah, we'd be at four more to go. Yeah. yeah, but one of those is a instrumental, yeah. so. Cool. Yeah, and I guess oh, yeah. one, one song's going to be a redux. Redux. Redux, yeah. and then one song's a cover. Yeah, and last time we were chatting, we, we were talking about the cover that we were going to do, yeah. and mm -hmm. I, I believe we were just about to tell you yeah. what band when it did went. the original song <laughs> when our audio got cut off, so I guess we can do that now, hey? Yeah. Well, if you guys want to, that's totally your guys' call. Okay, so the cover on Destined for Delusion, if I could get the title right, is going to be by the Murder Dolls. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, we've never done a song like it before. It's a real fun party mm -hmm. party type anthem, a little bit of punk, a little bit of metal in there, and mm -hmm. I think people are gonna love it. And we're gonna be playing it at the kickoff party at Loud as Hell. Okay, that was my next question. I was just gonna see if you were gonna be doing uh, some new music coming up here in the next couple months. Yeah, we'll be playing some new songs yeah. this summer. We do have a couple like songs from manufactured genocide and uh uh red dawn rising i think we have one song that like in our in our set, in our set yeah. yeah we have a few songs from each of our yeah. releases in our set yeah actually so it's kind of like it spans our whole discography yeah and then moving forward with the new members and stuff as we write new music we're gonna yep. be just replacing inject new songs yeah. and yeah we'll be able to just drop a brand new set pretty much every single night. Yeah. 
Excuse me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so for your guys' uh, musical taste, we've talked about genres and stuff like that, but who are you some of uh, some of your current favorite bands? Uh, for me right now, probably my number one is Warbringer. I've been crazy about them. Uh, but there's a bunch. Um, I was really into Winter Sun there for a while. I like the folk metal. I'm into that. Uh, in terms of thrash, Havoc is really doing some fantastic stuff right now. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new Megadeth album. Um, God, and I should have wrote some stuff down. <laughs> with, with Conviction, I would say right now is probably one of my favorite uh, artists. I think they're... They're a, Canadian. They're a Canadian band. Yeah. I'm not sure where exactly they're from, but like they're like they're metalcore. That's I've always okay. really liked metalcore, so really big into them. Um, I do listen to a lot of Juliet Ruin. I've been listening to quite a bit of like older music lately too. So like a lot of Slipknot, System of a Down, things that like bring me back to my childhood. Um, I'm a huge like Mudvayne, Hell Yeah fan, that type of stuff. Cool. Mm -hmm. I uh, I remember seeing Hell Yeah uh, a few years back and Chad Gray, I think is his name, the, the, the vocalist. He yeah. was... I don't know if it was the sound of the venue, but the show was completely off and uh, I wasn't impressed, but I liked their music. And so I was really confused. So I, anyways, I hope I get a chance here to see either Mudvayne or Hell Yeah in the future. Cause well, I just you'll think never that show is Hell Yeah anymore because Vinnie Paul is dead. Oh shit. Yeah, Hell Yeah I is didn't... done. Mudvayne has started back yeah. up again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you know if they started up again, partly because of uh, Vinnie's death? Yes, because the the reason why Hell Yeah was even created is so when Dimebag died, um, Chad didn't want Vinny to stop playing music because he, he said, you know, like your brother would always want you to, to play music. So he invited him to start this project with him. And when they did start Hell Yeah, they actually recorded it in a place that um, the very first and last what was the name of their band that they did after mm -hmm. damage plan damage plan had recorded it's actually where they had recorded their first hell yeah album so like chad had built that band with Vinny. so when Vinny died he said he wouldn't he wouldn't continue doing it without him so that's when he yes. decided he released the last album because Vinny had all of his drum parts had recorded already and mm -hmm. they released a video uh, in the newest music video, you won't see a drummer in it because, again, they don't want to insert somebody who what isn't Vinny, right? So, yeah, no, then then he decided to do the hell uh, Mudbane thing again, which is good. Yeah, definitely. I, I really enjoyed their, their older music, so I'm looking forward to see what they have coming up. Um, yeah. For people looking to find your music, where is the best place for them to find it for you guys? Uh, probably our Bandcamp, so crimsoncaliber.bandcamp.com. We're also up on YouTube at youtube.com slash crimsoncaliberofficial. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to follow us and see what we're up to, just on the regular, Facebook and Instagram, yeah. and we're up on Twitter too. Yeah, I've been trying to be more active on yeah. Twitter. There We got Spotify, iTunes. Spotify, yeah. Like, I should have mentioned that one first. Literally, like... <laughs> Because we pay for DistroKids, so literally any streaming platform, we're on it. We're, we're there. Awesome. You too. Cool. Amber and Travis, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I appreciate you coming back and working through the problems.
Yes, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Jeff. It's been fun. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.